Hey, welcome to The Briefing. Tom Tilly with you. It is Friday, September the 4th. Uh, In a moment, we're going to talk about a massive game of chicken between Facebook and the Australian government. Even if they win the battle, the war isn't over it. We're going to explain that story, plus take a stab at who will win that battle between that almost trillion dollar company and the Australian government. Uh, Right now, Jan Fran is here. And Jan, you had an interesting visit to the doctor that I think a lot of people could relate to at the moment. Yeah, look, normally I wouldn't share my medical information with the nation, (laughs) but... um, I did find out that I'm severely vitamin D deficient. Yeah, wow. Um, which is something that doctors have been warning about during this pandemic because obviously we get vitamin D from the sun. Mm-hmm. People are not leaving the house as much. Um, my partner and I were really stringent with our first lockdown measures. So there could be a bit of that that played into it, the fact that we weren't really getting outside and getting enough sun. Um, so consider this your friendly neighbourhood <laughs> unsolicited PSA <laughs> for the morning. Go and get your vitamin D check, people. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people in Victoria could relate to this yeah. right now, especially if you don't have a backyard or a balcony. Imagine that. Yeah, and it's symptomless as well. Well, I had no symptoms. I just went for a sort of a regular checkup. But it can have adverse health outcomes in the future um, if left unchecked. So there you go. So dishing out medical information this early in the morning. Do you mind if I uh, prescribe you a bit of sun baking? <laughs> I don't know if I'd trust you as a doctor, to be completely honest. All right, let's get into the big stories of the day. Borders, borders, borders. Open them. Look, that's not a direct quote from the Prime Minister, but it is expected that Scott Morrison will try and convince state and territory leaders to reopen their borders when National Cabinet meets today. Here's the Deputy PM, Michael McCormick. Border rules that have been put in place by states have hurt our communities. There's some tragic, tragic stories of people who haven't been able to access the health services that they've generally been able to uh, to use. There's been stories where, of course, families haven't been able to attend funerals. Yeah, there's been some heartbreaking uh, medical stories of people not being able to cross the Queensland-New South Wales border in particular, but it does seem like they have this fight every Friday, the federal politicians against these states who are enacting these really tough border policies. Um, Both Queensland and Western Australia have already confirmed that they won't be swayed at the meeting today. We're very clear with the Commonwealth, we're not bringing down the borders. I hear all the sort of chatter, I've seen the question time, all that sort of stuff. Um, Hotspots doesn't work, bringing down the borders won't work. Uh, In the Western Australian context, our measures have been successful. That was WA Premier Mark McGowan there. Now, Queensland says that it wants to see 28 days of no community transmission before opening up to New South Wales. That's something that Premier Gladys Berejiklian says is a bit of a tall order. I don't know anywhere on the planet where a society can function openly and productively during a pandemic and give an assurance that you're going to have zero cases of community transmission for a prolonged period. Gladys sounding quite frustrated there. Yeah, Anastasia Palaszczuk is holding her position because she's very popular um, with voters uh, around how she's handled COVID-19. 81% of voters say that they are happy with the job that she's doing. That's a very big number. And there is an election coming up and in a few she, weeks. And she has managed to get the AFL grand final from Melbourne to Brisbane. So she's doing really well with her voters at the moment. Um, there has been a bit of a controversy with the AFL. So there's 400 officials that have flown into Queensland uh, to get ready for the grand final. And... Um, Channel 9 seemed to have got a, a chopper or a drone up above their hotel and revealed that they're all out sunbaking by the pool when Gillian McLaughlin had said they're actually doing quarantine like everyone else. They're clearly not. Yeah, and that, I think, raises a question around double standards for people going into Queensland. Yeah, so you've got like a, a young mother from Ballina 
um, who has lost an unborn twin because she couldn't get across the border to Brisbane. And then you're seeing that kind of thing going on. I think a lot of people are getting a bit frustrated. Two Australians, including a young Aussie vet, are among 43 crew missing or feared dead after a cattle ship capsized during a typhoon off the coast of Japan. So far, only one man has been rescued by search crews. He says Golf Livestock One sent out a distress signal when its engine failed before it was capsized by a freak wave. Sadly, nearly 6,000 cattle were also on board. It was on its way from New Zealand to China and 25-year-old Queensland vet Lucas Order has been named as one of the two Australians on the ship. Uh, Australian Livestock Exporters Council Chief Executive Mark Harvey Sutton says they're still holding out hope for a miracle. What we're seeing, um, if our worst fears are met, is a a tragedy unfolding and it is a very close-knit community. It's an industry at the moment that's uh, very concerned and uh, holding out hope, but obviously as time passes, that hope decreases. An Australian is one of two men arrested on drugs charges in Bali. Yeah, Aaron Wayne Coyle and a British man were allegedly found with methamphetamine and ecstasy pills... Police have accused the Australian of being a courier and the British guy of being a dealer. They could face up to 20 years in prison. And Facebook have announced plans to try and stop fake news from swaying votes in America's November presidential election. Yeah, so this was in a blog post um, that Mark Zuckerberg wrote up. He says the company won't accept new ads in the week before the big vote. The post says that Facebook will also remove posts claiming that people will get COVID-19 if they vote. Yeah, it says it'll slap an information label on content that claims lawful ways of voting will lead to fraud. And this seems to be a direct dig at Donald Trump, who's been pretty relentless in his attack on the Democrats for encouraging mail-in ballots. Yeah, it's something that I think the tech companies not just Facebook, are really going to be reckoning with in the next few months. So we saw Twitter earlier this year also slap fact-checking labels on tweets that the president made, and they were tweets pertaining to mail-in ballots as well. So that's going to be an ongoing issue. What a huge job, though, stopping fake news and misinformation from swaying the election. I mean, is it even possible? Well, I, I suppose we'll find out. And speaking of Facebook, we're about to find out about another stash that they're happening, and this one's here in Australia. Do you get your news from Facebook? 36% of Australians do. What if you could no longer do that? Yeah, in a massive bombshell this week, Facebook threatened to block the sharing of Australian news content. So that means media companies and everyday users here in Australia won't be able to share news on Facebook or Instagram. The Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, is not happy. We're committed to these reforms. We won't be bullied, no matter how big the international company is, no matter how powerful they are, no matter how valuable they are. This threat from Facebook is in response to a new code developed by the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, or ACCC. That code would require Facebook and Google, which also owns YouTube, to share a portion of their ad revenue with Australian media organisations and newspapers. Here's the head of the ACCC, Rod Sims. The rise of digital platforms has caused significant harm to news and journalism. For example, you've got costly investigative journalism. Journalism that can take some months to put together is often not rewarded as the algorithms don't prioritise original material. 
So pushing back on that, the tech giants have said they're providing Australian news websites with clicks and eyeballs. In their statement this week, Facebook said that the code will damage the news organisations the government's trying to protect, suggesting it was the news organisations that relied on Facebook for revenue and clicks, not the other way around. Yeah, they said that in the first five months of this year, they sent 2.3 billion clicks to Australian news organisations worth an estimated $200 million. So who is going to win this massive game of chicken? Will Facebook really stop doing news in Australia? Or will the Australian government be able to force them to agree on a revenue deal? Well, let's find that out. Dan Van Boom is the editor of tech site CNET. He says that this has been brewing for a decade. Over the last like, 10 years or so, that we've seen two accelerating trends. One, unfortunately, uh, traditional media has been uh, struggling to, to transition from the kind of newspaper to online digital uh, model. At the same time as those news companies are struggling to find like a um, profitable business model, in the digital space, the digital giants like Facebook and Google are sucking up an increasingly large amount of uh, online ad revenue. For uh, the last few years, the news companies have been bargaining with uh, Google and Facebook over how the profits of the ad revenue should be, the ad revenue that Google and Facebook get from news stories posted on their platforms. The news media has been arguing with Facebook and Google over how much profit should be kicked back to the media companies. So that is the context for this. Now, clearly the Australian media industry is struggling. There has been hundreds of job losses just this year alone. Yeah, so it's quite complicated, but we're going to do our best to simply explain how the Australian authorities are proposing to move ahead here. In April, the Australian government asked the ACCC uh, to come up with a strategy to make tech companies share more revenue Then at the end of July, the ACCC released this proposed legislation. Yeah, now the main element here is forcing the tech companies into a negotiating process to do a revenue deal with the news outlets. And if they can't agree, they'll be forced into arbitration. And then failure to comply with that arbitration or the code could result in fines of hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, now Dan says... The main problem the tech companies have is that there's no indication of how much they'll have to pay to news organisations in these mandatory deals. On one hand, you have the uncertainty around what the agreement will actually look like because, I mean, 45 days, I don't think that's very long in, you know, corporate giant land. I don't think deals get deals get done in 45 days. So I think if it goes to, it's likely that it would go to arbitration. But secondly, even if you look at the existing, the, the code proposed uh, by the ACCC, there are some pretty intense punitive measures if Facebook and Google, you know, violate any of the terms. And, and it's not just uh, revenue sharing. It's also sharing information on how the algorithms work and, and things of that nature so that the news companies can kind of take advantage of that, um, which is another kind of issue that people have pointed out because that is kind of uh, fostering uncompetitive uh, activity like in its own way. Mm-hmm. But if Facebook and Google violate the terms of the agreement, then they can be made to pay up to 10% of their um, annual revenue. Mm-hmm. So the economics of that are kind of obvious, right? Like if if there's less than 10% of their revenues coming from this, then it doesn't really make sense for them to take part in an agreement that could see them lose 10% of their revenue before even paying the, the yeah. money to the 
uh, media companies. Does Facebook have a point, though, when it says that it believes it already drives so much traffic to Australian news sites that it's actually contributing to the growth of Australian media in some ways? Is there any yes. truth to that? W- well, there, there's definitely truth to it. I wouldn't. Facebook in the past has had some uh, sketchy uh, relationship with statistics. So the the ACCC, the the agreement that they've um, put forward, Rod Sims, the uh, head of the ACCC, he says that it's not really about propping up Australian media. It's about equalising the uh, the bargaining power. So the Australian media companies have less bargaining power than the digital platforms, and this is seeking to remedy that. But the problem with that, I think, is that it kind of misjudges what the reason for that bargaining power imbalance is. And so I think there's this implicit argument that news companies are being are becoming less profitable and digital companies are becoming more profitable. And the implication is that the digital platforms are taking money from the news companies and that in the absence of these digital platforms, the news companies would uh, be, you know, thriving in a, in a uh, completely thriving. But I don't really think that that is the case. Um, and I do think that there is a really significant risk that if Facebook takes news off its platform, that will definitely hurt um, Australian media companies. So, Jan, this is really a David versus Goliath kind of battle. The Australian media companies like Nine, News Corp, Seven West are tiny compared to these tech companies. News Corp, for example, is our biggest. It's worth $12 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, Google's parent company is worth over a trillion dollars. Facebook worth over $800 billion. Yeah, that is a sizable difference there, isn't it? So I guess the question is, how will this end and who will win? Let's see what Dan thinks. I think the digital platforms will win in this specific instance. This is a case of, you know, bad regulation sometimes being worse than no regulation. I definitely still think, like, even if they win the battle, the war isn't over. It's not like, you know, ever the world is going to say, like, hey, well, we tried. I guess we won't regulate them anymore. Um, I think ultimately they will get their day, so to speak, of better uh, regulation. But in this particular case, I think um, it makes more sense, really, for Facebook and Google to win out as as dirty as I feel, siding with the, with the big guys, yeah. That was Dan Van Boom from CNET, siding with the big guys. So how is this whole thing going to play out? What we know is that Facebook has said that they could stop Australians sharing news content uh, from October and that legislation is likely to be introduced into Parliament shortly. We don't know the exact date yet and could possibly be passed by the end of the year. So the next few months here are going to be key. Watch this space. And that is the end of another wonderful week here on The Briefing Jam. But actually, it's not quite over, is it? No, we've got a bonus episode for you tomorrow, which includes snippets from our chat. Well, mine and Jam's chat with Kevin Rudd, where we find out maybe too much information. That woman comes up to me and looks at me and says, I like the beard, she said, but if you're looking for a disguise, it didn't work. Oh, dear. Kevin Rudd on your weekend. That's a briefing special episode tomorrow. Make sure you tune in and make sure you tell your friends about the podcast. Can you tune into a podcast? Yes, you can. Yeah. (laughs) A Podcast One production.